You guys don't think he already knows how the leg's going to react to playing 36 holes of golf? 36, maybe. He's only playing 36. Oh. <laughs> speaking, Here we go. Of hot, speaking of hot takes. Here we go, uh, Madison, Mark, Madison, mark this wow. spot in the pod. Here wow. we go. Let's get the clip ready. Let's lock it in real quick. Tiger Woods is not going to make the cut this week. One, two. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the 2-in-1 Golf Podcast. Madison and Sterling here. Unfortunately, Mike is busy with other things. And I want to start off this podcast by saying, I'm sorry, Mike, that we were supposed to record yesterday, which would have been Sunday. Today is obviously then Monday. And, you know, the NBA All-Star game was on. I wasn't home. And I really wanted to watch it. And... You know, I asked the boys if we could push the podcast back, and they said yes. But now, unfortunately, Mike can't be here. Um, so thank you, Mike, for <laughs> I don't even know, like waiting, but then you know, not not being here. I feel bad. I feel I feel bad. You should. You should. I don't think that's the only person you should be apologizing to, though. I feel like there's one one more notable person. I'm just trying to think. Who else could you could you owe an apology this week? Hmm. Maybe Tiger. Oh gosh, you know what? That that does sound right. Something rings a bell. Um, yeah, yeah. You wanna you wanna talk about that real quick? Yeah, I mean, if if you think think about it like this, right? Three out of the last four weeks, I have made a controversial statement, mm-hmm. and the opposite has happened. So really, I'm doing these guys a favor. Justin Rose. I can't remember what I said about Justin Rose, but then he won. I I gave Justin Rose a pep talk, right? Then he won Mm -hmm. at uh, Pebble. Mm -hmm. I said, I forgot Scotty Shuffler was on tour, and I picked him to miss the cut instead of of winning. Mm -hmm. What did he do? He wins. Tiger Woods. I said he's only playing 36 holes because he's going to miss the cut. What did he do? He made the cut. He made the cut. So, like... I'm going to make another statement, I'm sure, this week, and the opposite's going to happen. Um, and well, I'm just, I'm, I'm a, is it good luck? Like, is it, what is it? I don't know. Something spiritual. Cool. Is it good luck? I don't know if it's good luck. I don't know if it's, it's good luck either. Reverse, reverse luck? You I go guess. negative and then the positive happens? To them. Yeah, to them. Hmm. Maybe I should say something about you. Maybe you no, playing golf this week? Don't, don't say anything bad about me. <laughs> Are you playing with, golf this week? <laughs> with my luck, it's gonna run out and go the opposite way, and it's actually gonna happen. Um, am I playing golf this week? Yeah, I don't know. I hope so. I'm traveling this week. Um, headed out to Roanoke, so um, you know, might stop by the the normal stomping grounds out there. Maybe a little Blue Hills or a Hanging Rock. See if I can get nine in in the afternoon. I think it's supposed to be nice this week. I think it's supposed to be like in the sixties. Thursday, it's supposed to be seventy. Yeah, so, this week it's supposed to be nice. Yeah, weather's really cooperating. Um, yeah, so you're just not going to see any birdies out there this week. So, well, well, there you go. I'll tell you 
I'll tell you when it wasn't cooperating. And that was on, um, on Saturday, Saturday, it was cold, windy, a little wet, but you know what? We went out and played golf and I had a blast. Who'd you go? Who'd you play with? Uh, I had a, a birthday round. Yes. I had a birthday this past week. I had a birthday round set up with Sterling and, um, and Mike, my wife arranged that. So thanks Danielle for that. Um, at a course, and this is, this is one thing I do want to talk about. I get no shout out for that. Were you? It was, I didn't a, know you it was a team effort. And, it oh. was a team effort. Do you want to see the text? Okay. Thank you to the team. Um, I really do appreciate it. But um, we played Royal New Kent, and I kind of want to get into this because I know I've been pestering you about getting out to Royal New Kent, and you're always like, you know, I don't want to play there. I don't want to go. Just not. Don't. Don't really like the course that much. Um, and I kept saying, man, I really like it. I've only been able to play it a couple of times. I really want to get back out there. Come to find out, I really only remember one hole out there, and that's the first hole. I don't remember the any of the other holes out there. And I thought I really liked the course and really had a good time the last time I was there. I don't remember any of it. So this was like playing a new course for me, even though I'd, I'd seen it a couple of times before. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was fun. The weather wasn't wasn't great, but every time I play there, it's not great. So um, fun round, definitely a good time hanging out with you boys and uh, definitely appreciate it. You're welcome. But no, seriously, like, thank you to Danielle for setting that up. Um, do you want to talk about the round at all? How'd you play? Yeah. So really kind of tale of two nines, the front nine, you know, I, I thought I, I was playing pretty decent bogey the first and then kind of, you know, went on a little bit of a par streak. Um, the putter was, was cooperating, which was, which was good. And the game felt, felt pretty decent. I, if I could go back on a couple of shots and change them, I probably would. There was a couple that I really tried to take a safe route and was, was hitting iron off the tee and still put myself in a bad position. So I think on a couple of them, I probably could have just hit driver and hit it out a little bit further. And, you know, if I'm in the same position, I'm in the same position, but it just at least gets it down the fairway a little bit further. But I think I was just trying to to really focus on, on playing some more conservative shots just to – I don't know. I want to say keep the score intact, but just to kind of eliminate the big number, but, and then the back, um, just some, some really weird stuff. Um, I had a, a lost ball on what hole was that? 11. 11. Yeah. Just a, a, a really weird shot. That was one of those situations, right? I hit, I think I hit three iron or two iron off the tee. It's a, it's a narrow fairway that goes up to left. I didn't know that there was the, uh, uh, what did you call it? The launch pad. The if launch you, pad. If you go up the right and kind of like bring in the trees a lot, um, it puts you on the same level as the hole and kind of gets you in a better spot. My plan was to go to the left and then have an angle where I could just hit a wedge into the green, but unfortunately kind of blocked it right a little bit, put it in a bunker and then basically laid up out of the bunker and then hit a, a wedge shot. I think it was like a hundred yards and just hit 58 degree and it flew the green or I saw it bounce somewhere on the green. And then we got up there. We just couldn't find it. Um, and the thing was that was so weird about it is that there weren't like a lot of, it wasn't like a lot of leaves. It wasn't like, you know, some other courses we play where you can lose a ball, you know, on, on any hole. I mean, 
but it just couldn't find it. So that, I think that brought in either triple or quad on that hole. So yeah, after that, the wheels kind of fell off. So I ended up shooting 40 on the front, 48 on the back, which for me out there, I think is, is, is decent. It's not great, but kind of working on a couple of things in this, in the swing, I felt a lot of them coming out of the toe. I think I told you that as well. And um, yeah, just, we got a lot to work on. So. Yeah, but you got to remember, Royal New Kent isn't a place you go to to post a score. Yeah, right. I think I've said that before, and that's kind of my my issue <clears throat> with Royal New Kent is you go there for the scenery and to just kind of enjoy the round. You can't mm-hmm. go there with a with a a score in in, in mind. Um, you just kind of whatever happens happens. Um, that's the attitude I went with, and didn't play great, but. I had a good time celebrating my my boy's birthday. So, yeah, no, it was it was definitely fun. Um, I mean, just kind of getting out on a weekend and playing golf, anyways, which is becoming more and more rare for me. But um, yeah, it was great. I, I had a lot of fun out there, and like you said, I mean, it is really the like the architecture on the course is really great. It's Mike Strand's design, did Tobacco Road, a couple other you know really well known courses. So it kind of has that same look and feel to it. Some of the greens just are wild i think 10 is that way i mean it's got um what would you say it was like 10 10 feet of what would you say that is oh so it's a two-tiered green green. yeah two-tiered green and the the slope um i guess high to low low to high whatever it's it's about 10 feet you're walking up a a pretty steep hill hill there yeah and um you know one of us we won't say who it was but one of us four putted that hole I, I definitely did. And that, oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny it. I, you know, and that was the thing too. I felt like I hit that putt really hard and it, it made it just to the crest of the hill and then ended up rolling back to my feet. But um, I still, I mean, it's a great course. Like you said, it's probably not something that you're really going out and trying to post a number and, and, and really worried about your handicap too much. It's just, a good time it's a course to to say that you've played and um and kind of just move on from there but i don't know that i'll go back anytime soon but i would like to see it sometime like in the summer just to kind of see just the difference in in uh in the course and how it plays yeah i'm surprised they get so many golfers like when we were there it was a saturday and it was okay weather and what do you think they probably got 75 rounds in but then yesterday they were they were thinking they were going to get 115. Are you surprised so many people go out of their way? Because there's nothing in that area. Mm-mm. I mean, wineries maybe, but like, are you surprised they get 115 rounds on a an average weather day? Um. Yes and no. Like I agree with you that it is just kind of out there. I mean, it took us 45 minutes to to get there, maybe a little bit longer. Like you got to get on the highway, you got to drive down 64 a little bit. It's not a short trip. There's plenty of golf courses you have to pass. Yeah. Leaving re- leaving Richmond, there's plenty of golf courses you have to pass to get there. But I think kind of the same the same thing that we're talking about, right? When you look think about like the architecture of it and the style of golf course there is, there's really nothing else in the area that you can play that's going to give you the same look and feel. So I think when you when you kind of put it in context like that, I don't know that many people are playing there every week. 
Um, but I do think you'll probably people that, you know, they'll go and they'll play once a month or, you know, they'll have buddies come in town. It's like, Hey, we want to show you this course. Like it's a really cool, very unique course in the area. Um, from a pretty well-known, um, course architect. I mean, that's the only thing I can figure. And, you know, because it has that relationship to a tobacco road, I think that that probably helps it a little bit, but I don't think it's a course people are playing week in and week out. I do think it is just kind of, you know, every once in a while kind of thing. Plus the rates are are pretty high too. I think it was 60, 62 on Saturday in, in February. And I think peak season, it can almost get up to like a hundred dollars. Does that sound right? Yeah, so they actually do, um, I guess, more of a it's a different pricing strategy. Um, they'll do like their eight o'clock to eleven, I believe, is seventy two dollars, and then it goes down um, as the day goes on. Um, so we ended up paying sixty two because we didn't tee off until twelve thirty, but I did see it was a little bit more expensive earlier in the day. I gotcha. So I do want to ask you one question about this. So I think if I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember what they kind of like describe themselves as Pendleton. Was it the, was it as close to link style golf as you get this side of the ocean? Is that how they describe themselves? Yeah, something like that. Okay. So you, you take Pendleton and then you have, um, Royal New Kent. Also, I would say kind of a, a link style inspired. They call a lot of heritage to, um, to Ireland. There's Irish flags everywhere. Um, comparing the two, which one do you think has a more realistic
And yeah, it was just a nine hole late afternoon round of golf. Uh, shout out to Noah Wheeler. He did, he did win. He won. We did match play. I was two up through four and just gave a lot of holes away. He ended up hitting it really well. Um, came down to nine. It was, it was 215 into the wind. Mm. It was playing tough. Um, smoked a, a, a two iron back left. He hit three iron just right over the pin to 10 feet and uh, he made par and I didn't. So it was a good match. Congratulations to him. Um, and then today we went to the Highlands, made a lot of birdies, also okay. threw in threw in some bogeys. So just really tired now though. So I haven't played the Highlands since they redid their greens. They're on the up. Uh, the Highlands to me used to be a country club, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I gotcha. If you know what I'm saying, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, you're smelling what I'm cooking. Uh, it's in South Chesterfield, mm -hmm. kind of in the sticks. Um, and it was just, you know, like I said, it's a, a different type of golf course. Um, but they changed their greens from Bent to Bermuda. The greens are much better, a lot faster, a little bit firmer. Um, I don't know, Bermuda greens are, I don't know, they're just easier to play on. I don't know if they're easier to maintain because once it gets below freezing, you do have to cover them with a tarp, but from a golfer's perspective i think it's a little bit nicer to play on um and they're you know new cart paths new golf carts oh wow um everything's you know they're upgrading a lot of stuff they're cutting trees down they're planting you know bushes and flowers they're doing all the right things to improve their golf course which is you know really nice to see uh, especially in this area since i feel like not a whole lot of you know golf courses are doing the right things in southern chesterfield um to improve their course um but yeah the highlands they're on there up for sure so we need to get out there and uh and play around just so you can see it did they do anything else to the course like have the have they changed tee boxes or moved stuff around like that they did okay yeah um i don't know if they moved tee boxes but they definitely took a lot of bunkers away just like some 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 bunkers where you might see them visually but they never really came into play mm -hmm. um like on a couple of the par fives, I think it's like seven. They took away a couple of bunkers, but like they cleared out all the thick, um, like trees and stuff in the hazard or in the penalty areas. So it's a little bit more natural looking, like a little more fescue-y. Um, mm. So yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just really nice. What'd you shoot? Uh, what'd you shoot today? Uh, I don't know. So we did a 2v2 best ball, uh, Peyton Broach and I versus Ed Gill and Adam. And again, it was a good match. You we were one up through nine, and I think we ended up um, closing them out pretty early on the back nine. Uh, had like I said, I had four birdies, um, but I had a couple of like you know six footers for bogey that weren't in the hole yet. But you know, Peyton made par, so I could just pick it up. Um, so I don't really know what I shot. Um, my irons, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not hitting enough greens. I'm not close enough. So I got to figure out what the irons are doing. Uh, driver's still leaking a little bit right. Um, 
but we're playing a lot of golf for the off season, so hopefully that translates um come June and July. I was gonna Good say luck. this is this is rare for you. We've we've had plenty of conversations. You're not a uh, you're not a winter golf, not a fall golf, not a winter golf guy. And to play three rounds of golf in uh, in seventy two hours for you in February is is odd. So it's it's good to see. I'm sure you're not a, a huge fan of it, but still good to see. No, I mean, I'm I'm a fan of it. You get you get playing with the right people. You don't even realize, you know, that you're tired or you've played multiple rounds over, you know, three days. But it's a good time. Yeah, I played. I played three rounds of golf with a lot of people that I care about and, and really enjoy spending time with. So it's a good time. That's good. Did you have a chance to watch any golf this week? I did. I so yesterday when Noah and I were playing, um, I pulled a Madison Hill. You know, had the coverage on my phone. And I was blasting it, walking up the fairway. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I watched pretty much the entire. So I watched Tigers front nine mm-hmm. at home on Sunday, and then I watched the entire back nine of the leaders um, Sunday afternoon. So yeah, I watched quite a bit of golf this weekend. So I kind of want to ask you and, and get your opinions on it. So Tiger makes it to the weekend, right? Yep. Um, kind of, kind of lucky. Like I, we were kind of talking about it. Disrespectful, but sure. Yeah, we were talking about it as far as you know. He was outside the cut line. Uh, I think I don't, I don't think you and Mike were watching coverage on Friday at this point, or he had already stopped. And I'm sitting there watching it, and there's only a couple holes left, a couple people on the course, and one of them or two of them, I think, move the cut line to the plus plus one. So Tiger then is in the conversation. They end up suspending play. For, due to darkness, and they finish the uh, the second round on Saturday morning. Nothing really changes. Tigers in, so I just kind of want to get your thoughts on on Tigers weekend as a whole, because it seems that I'd say Thursday's round pretty pretty decent. Friday, kind of more, I guess, of what we were expecting. What did he shoot actually on? I don't remember. I think he went two under and then three over, so that would have been was it sixty nine seventy four? Yeah, I think so. Or seventy one, I think. So he makes it to the weekend. Obviously, plays Saturday and Sunday. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, any any major takeaways there? Yeah, you were under the impression that he wasn't even going to make it that long, but I think I was a little surprised to to still see him kind of hang around i don't know where he finished i want to say it was like um yeah he didn't he didn't play well sunday t45 yeah he shot two over on sunday so yeah my takeaways are comes out strong right thursday Mm -hmm. you gotta wonder if there was any fatigue with that short turnaround because he was late thursday early friday um so i think he had to go out within like 14 hours of finishing on Thursday. And obviously it showed in his game. Um, and then Saturday, like you said, he, he was fortunate to make the cut, came out firing on all cylinders and shot four under um, to, you know, put himself in the middle of the pack um, and to, you know, a potential top 
20 situation if he plays well on Sunday. Um, started great on Sunday. You know, birdie's the easiest hole on the golf course, which is the first. Um, and he's four under, you know, heading in the right direction. And then I think that fatigue came back a little bit. And I know, I think Trevor was saying that his ball speed had dropped by like four or five mile an hour um, as we got later into Sunday, which is quite a bit. Um, I don't know. The putter kind of faded a little bit. You got to wonder, is that the stroke or is that more just like mental fatigue um, Yeah, for him I agree. and not being in the moment? So, but overall, I mean, I'm very surprised that he made the cut. I'm surprised that he... Played all 72. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if I had to give it a grade B plus. Okay. I think if he comes out and shoots two under on Sunday and gets a top 25, it goes to an an A minus. Yeah. But um, you know, very pleased with what I saw from Tiger Woods. And I'm gonna go ahead and say this. I think we see him at the players. I don't think we'll see him at the AP on Palmer, but I do think we'll see him at uh, the players. Yeah, you said that the other day, and I was kind of surprised about that. But I mean, I guess that could could make sense um, to see him there. That'd be, you know, another uh, players is how how long is that before the Masters? Is that two or three weeks? Uh, the players is in three weeks. I think it's like two and a half weeks now if you count like a Wednesday or whatever. Um, and then I think the Masters isn't until middle or maybe the first week of April. So we're looking at maybe two weeks in between okay. or three. Could be enough to, to recover. So like you said, Tiger uh, goes out, shoots 69, 74, 67 in his third round has an eagle on the first hole um, on that and then finishes with a 73. I think all in all, it was, it was pretty good, pretty good rounds for him um, kind of coming out of, you know, I, I don't really know. We, we don't know how much he's played. No one really knows. It's all top secret, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was, I was impressed. I was kind of excited to to see that cut line move just to kind of see how he would end up playing the weekend and really kind of see what kind of stamina he would have on that leg i saw them wrapping it and all the i don't know what you want to call it um tape uh braces everything that was on that leg i almost have to assume this is gonna sound like i would almost have to assume that the shoe on that leg is at least a half size bigger to fit all of the, the tape and everything that they're putting in it. I mean, it's, it's packed. I mean, it's a couple of compression sleeves on there. There is a brace. It is taped. I mean, that's a lot. So, Mm -hmm. um, but supposedly I think, I think you said it, um, they found a new way to wrap it. So it's a little more comfortable to walk in and just makes it a little bit, a little bit easier for him. So he's not having to write walk on the, the outside of that foot. So, if this is any indication of, of what we could see moving forward, I think he, I'm, I'm hopeful that he's going to continue to build on this and we'll start seeing, you know, him string a couple rounds in the sixties together instead of that, you know, 60, 70, 60, 70 kind of thing. So definitely, yeah. definitely impressive, but obviously the big story this week, they actually, 
Not the Max big Home? story. Well, not the big story this week. The big story this season so far, John Rahm. Another mm. another win at the let's see. Is this the his third elevated event win or is the second elevated it's event? The second. That, I'm sorry. Let me back up. Designated event. I want to offend anybody. So second designated event win. Mm-hmm. Third win in five starts this mm-hmm. season so far. I think five in his last nine. Five he in his last back nine. to the DP. This season so far, he has almost made $10 million from winnings. I mean, the man can't be stopped. I, I took a screenshot of something. Let me just see if I can find it real quick. And I just want to go back to last week's episode yeah. when, um, you know, we were like, oh, like Nick Taylor, does, like, does he win if he's just playing with Scotty or does he win if he's just playing with John Rom? I think my point is validated when I say, like, it's harder to play with John Rom than it is Scotty Scheffler because he's a little bit more intimidating. And are you saying I that think... because of the way Max Homo played on Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Well, but here's, John, the, here's the thing, though. Keith Mitchell was playing with him as well, and Keith Mitchell had a great round on Sunday. But he was never really in it. He wasn't. A, he, there were times when Rom and Homa were both struggling. He was like a shot, a shot off the lead at one point. But I think everything kind of went off the rails for Max on 13 when he hits it left into the trees. And instead of just kind of, you know, punching it out, like his caddy wanted to do, right? Instead of punching it out, he hits a wood. I don't know if it's a, I don't know what he carries. It could have been a seven wood or a three wood. And just makes the comment, he's like, it's not going to get high enough. It's not going to be a factor. It's just going to be wherever it goes, it's going to get out there. And then hits it into another tree. Ends up making bogey, even though he hits a really great recovery shot. I think after that, there was a little bit of, a little bit of a crack in the armor and John, John Rom just kind of took it from there. So I don't know that it was necessarily the intimidation factor of John Rom because Max Homa was going back and forth with him for a while. I think it was a bad decision that he made on 13 and then it could have brought a little bit of doubt into his mind because that's when John Rom just kind of stayed steady. I mean, John Rom didn't hit a great shot in there either and still walks away with par Max leaves with bogey. And then, you know, obviously we go on from there. So, so you don't think so? John Rahm at three putted twelve, which gave Max some of the lead on thirteen. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Max has a one shot lead, and and you don't think? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how I want to. Say, you don't think John Rahm on thirteen? You know, put any thoughts in Max Homa's head of like, man, I really need to make par here. I really need to, you know, try to force the issue and maybe make a birdie. From, from this position. See, here's the thing. I, I don't know. So Max, he's off first, hits his in the trees. Then I think Keith Mitchell goes, finds the fairway. Then John Rom hits. His is way left, but his is so far left that he at least has an opening and can get a shot into the, to the green. He's not having to deal with really any tree trouble, except I think the one, there's a tree that's, maybe like 70, I don't know, it's probably closer than that, maybe like 50 yards from the green that obviously you have to cover or cut or draw around. So that's where I was trying to trying to figure it out, right? So like Rom's not in the best position. Max isn't in the best position. So do you 
kind of just punch it down and just get it out and back into the fairway and hit a wedge in pretty close. I mean, his putting has been pretty, pretty solid all week and rely on that putter and lean on that putter again, as opposed to trying to hit that hero shot that we've talked about before. It's, you know, my claim to fame hero shot and then ricochets off a tree. And then you're still, I think he was still a hundred and was he like 180 or 190 out yeah. after that. So, and didn't yeah. and didn't Max just say on Saturday like I don't feel like I need to hit the hero shots like Tiger? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's really I think you know you could tell in that situation is his caddy was was trying to get him to back off of it or or really walk away from that shot, but Max just wasn't going to do it, and that's what really kind of surprised me. It seemed it seemed kind of like Max was going for that hero shot and really trying to force the issue when he really didn't have to. So, um, like I said, I don't know that it's necessarily an intimidation factor, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it was. Maybe that's why he felt he had to hit that shot because he thought John Rahm was going to be able to to come back. But I just think if John Rahm's not in the fairway on that hole, right, if you're in the trees and John Rahm's in the fairway, yeah, I could see why you might want to force the issue a little bit. But John Rahm's hitting left of you, I mean, he's hitting in, um, I don't know what it is. It's like a pathway that they, they probably use to, to move some equipment down there. Kind of like in this little ravine area, there's some cables running down there as well. If he's down there, he doesn't have the best lie or the best angle in either. It doesn't really make sense to force the issue. You got to wonder how much information Max Homa had on John Rahm's lie. You don't know. Yeah, so. that's true. That's true as well. But, um, um yeah, so I found that that stat that I was telling you about. I, I took a screenshot of John Rahm's game. So this was on Saturday. Obviously, it's improved since then. On Saturday, John Rahm, his scores in 2023, starting with Century Tournament of Champions. It's the handicap thing. No, it's not the handicap. This okay. is how 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 far under par he is in the rounds that Ooh, he's played. Okay. What do you think it is? All right, so all all the rounds, all the rounds, many... all the rounds up and up through Saturday, up through this past Saturday. All right, get just give me a second here. Let me let me think. Is it so five events? American yeah. Express, he won. Tournament mm-hmm. of Champions, he won. All right, I'm gonna go with eighty four. That's a solid guess. That's a solid guess. So four under. That that's that is a solid guess. He is one hundred and eleven shots under par. That's a terrible guess. It's close though. Dang! I see. I was thinking like thirty under at the Tournament of Champions, twenty under at the American Express. One hundred and eleven under, and he wow. shot two under on Sunday. So a hundred and. 13 under in 2023 so far. Is that not absolutely insane? It is. I mean, I mean, he doesn't even know what over par means. It's crazy. Yeah, he is the epitome. What, what was the, what was the PJ Tours tagline for years? Live under par. That's, that's really his motto. That's the story of his life. Lives under par. Um, yeah. He's only had one, Three rounds in the seventies, 
And he I played Tory Pines. He is playing. All right. Nobody come after me here. I'm I'm making a statement. Mine's not going to be as as groundbreaking or as as hot as Sterling's. He is playing Tiger esque golf right now. I mean, the way that he's able to show up to some of these tournaments and just absolutely dominate. And and the reason I say that is it'd be one thing if you're playing in tournaments. Um, I'm not going to name any names, but like we might see this week, right at the Honda. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the, what the, the number is for the strength of field, but we've talked about before we came on here, we talked about a couple of the players that are playing, right? When you're winning those events, those are wins. Those are good. Those are, those are confidence builders. Those are momentum builders, everything like that. When you are teeing it up against the other best players in the world, and you're still going out and winning at the clip mm -hmm. that he's winning at right now, that is Tiger-esque golf. I wouldn't even say it's Tiger-esque. Like, he's playing... So when you say Tiger-esque, you mean like Tiger Day game, and he's like winning every almost every time he steps out there? Yeah, pretty much. Can I, can I call it Tiger's B game? Or is that what you mean by Tiger-esque? Like I wouldn't put him on the same, I wouldn't put him on the same level as Tiger, right? Just because of the way Tiger won, and I mean, because he would go out and not only would he win, but he would almost yeah. lap lap the field okay. in, in strokes, right? What I'm saying is, if you look at how often and how he's winning and the people he's beating, it's very similar to a Tiger Woods game. Yeah, now maybe that is his his B game. Or his A minus game, he's not going out and he's beating people by, you know, six, seven, eight shots, but he's consistently winning in those tournaments with with the strongest fields. Yeah, I would agree. Tiger esque. Tiger esque. So here's here's a really too early prediction. Question, prediction, whatever you're gonna call it. If John Rom continues this kind of success in the game that he he's playing. Is John Rom wearing a, a green jacket this year? No. No? No. Okay. Why do you say that? And the only reason I ask is because the last time we saw someone kind of winning at this clip, obviously the, the quality maybe wasn't the same as far as strength of field, but the last time, Scotty Scheffler, he did make it, and he did wear a green jacket last year. So I'm wondering... We have John Rom, who has the game that Rom has right now. What what makes you so confident to say that no, he's not he's not putting that green jacket on this year? Um, the fact that it's just at a gas almost at a gas station at Augusta. I hope it's not at a gas station. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's Augusta National, um, and it's a major, and I know John only has one major championship. I still think he's going to feel that pressure okay. to get it done. So I don't think he, I mean, he might, but I don't, I wouldn't pick him right now. Like it's, we still have two months before Augusta, month and a half. Okay. A lot of time. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, for all we know, John Rom could go to live before, uh, before. <laughs> He's a, TG, he can't. he's a TGL he, guy now. He's TGL. 
He's yeah, high yeah. on the dotted line. Sign on he's the dotted line. He's a lock. He's, he's on the website. He's not going anywhere. He's on the website. He's on the website. That makes it official, if you didn't know that. But um, yeah, I just think it's a little too early to to call. But you're right. And I I, I think you said Scotty Shepherd didn't have um the same wins or not as impressive. I, I disagree. I think you win a WGC, you win the waste management, and you win Arnold Palmer. I, I'd call those three events there the same as John Rahm's win, if not better. And John Roms wins this year. Wow. Okay. Giving a lot of credit to. Uh, I think we're Scotty, just giving to Scotty Scheffler that you weren't given before. So, just, just odd. Like a light switch. Yeah. Flipping. So, do you remember? Do you know what? Actually, I'm gonna look it up. Do you remember what John Rom finished last year at the Masters? Last year, I don't, but I know he's got a lot of top 10 finishes. You might have three, two or three top 10 finishes in the last four years at Augusta. He has not finished outside of the top 10 since his first appearance in 2017. That gives you any kind of... uh... Right, so he's just a solid top 10 pick. Go ahead, open FanDuel. And and John Ron, pop him in there, top 10. Okay. Let's see what the plus minus... Is. But you don't see him. You don't see him winning this year. Just want to make sure. Uh, not at the moment, no. Okay, John Rom back at world number one. By the way, yeah, we talked about this in the car. Like world number one right now doesn't mean a whole lot. Like Scotty Scheffler wasn't the best player in the world last week. It was still John Rom. Scotty Scheffler just happened to be close enough in the official World Golf rankings, and he won a designated event to get to world number one. But he wasn't the best player. And I think we knew that. Gotcha. Um, in other news, switching away from the, from the PGA Tour just a little bit, um, the Netflix show Full Swing is out. It's been out for, I think, five or six days. If you haven't finished it, what are you doing? It's only... I do have... Sorry, I have to, I have to cut you off just for one second. Just want to correct this. Um, John Rahm <laughs> finished T27 last year at the Masters. So, just a, a quick asterisk there. He has finished outside the top 10. It was last year. So, just want to throw that out there before anybody goes and places any, any what bets. Did I, what did I say? Didn't I say three out of his last four years probably in the top 10? I, I said that he hasn't finished worse than um, top 10 since his first in 2017. All right. All right. I guess I was wrong on that. 20 T 27 last year. So before anybody goes in, you know, books yep. that don't go don't ahead blame and blame us. Don't blame us. Go ahead and uh, withdraw all your bets from FanDuel yeah. and ca- cash out now. While you still can. Yeah. Cash out now. Um, but yeah, so full swing. So obviously you were talking about the, uh, the new documentary, that was released on the 15th of February following the PGA tour last year. Not, I don't want to get too much. I don't want to get too far into it because I do want Mike to kind of give us some of his feedback as well, but just kind of, what did you think about it overall without getting too much into like what you saw in each episode? What did you think about it overall? Was it everything that, that you expected where your, you know, where your expectations just kind of, do they need to be a lot lower? Just if anyone hasn't seen it yet, where should they kind of set their expectations? Where should they set their expectations? Um, 
I think you should still set him pretty high. I think it's a really good show. I think he's exactly what we wanted to see. Um, we wanted a look into the lives of these players that we see on the golf course. We wanted right, obviously, off the golf course. And I think we got that, um, especially with some golfers that we don't really see on TV anymore. Um, you know, your Ian Poulter's, Dustin Johnson's, Brooks Koepka's. Um, I, I really enjoyed Brooks's episode. I think, you know, we used to see him as a guy who only showed up for the majors and only cared about the majors. And, you know, he would win, you know, a major year, it felt like, or maybe sometimes two. Um, but, you know, you see the struggles that he kind of went through last year and, You see the decision he made to go to live um, and kind of just like what he was thinking and how he, you know, was processing everything. And it was very interesting to see that. Yeah, I think that was that was one of my favorite episodes, um, just because kind of like you said, the, the Brooks that everyone sees on the outside, like what we or let me say, let me take that back. What we had been shown, what we did know of him, it was just like the most confident guy on the golf course and probably Mm hmm all, off the golf course is what we thought as well. But the, the episode shows you really kind of who he who he really is, what he thinks about and, and kind of. like you said, some of the struggles he was going through with, with injuries and through his game, but it's just, I think it, the end of the episode kind of left me with a little bit of a different perspective on Brooks, but I think that was probably, probably the only one, maybe Matt Fitzpatrick a little bit as well. I hope, Yep. I hope the Matt Fitzpatrick episode maybe changed you a little bit. I know you made a comment, um, I one did. of our earlier episodes and you said, who's a fan of Matt Fitzpatrick? So I'm hoping that, you know, after you saw that episode, just kind of got to know him a little bit better. Maybe you're slightly more of a fan than you used to be. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it a fan, but... If if I see Matthew Fitzpatrick at the top of a leaderboard in the upcoming year, I will, you know, I'll tip my cap. You know, I have more respect. How about that? I have more respect for Matthew Fitzpatrick. That's a start. That's a start. I will say, and this isn't really giving too much away. I will say I was, it was I can't remember which tournament it was. I think I said it was the U S open. Um, just the way some of the fans were talking to him. I was like, man, Ooh, is that a Ryder Cup? no. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Right. that's one. That's Yeah, what I felt. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like they are yeah. really going after You him. gotta want like, was that like actually said? And I think it was because it was at the country I, club. Yeah. And where is that located? That's in Boston. That's a rowdy, And that's a rowdy that's group. yeah. Yeah. Those are some tough fans. Someone someone yelled out Maddie Skechers. Um that's a, Yeah, that was a good one. yeah, that just that just hurts a little bit. So yeah, I, that episode I I was like, man, I feel kind of bad for him. But I think most of the other ones that I saw, everyone was was pretty much exactly what I was expecting. I think Ian Poulter's was that way. Justin and Jordan's were what they were, you know, kind of exactly what we get on TV. I think you just get a little bit more of an insight, but I don't think their personalities change too much. And um, yeah, I think overall really, really good first season. I'm excited to see season two, how it, how it progresses, right? I'd like to see, you know, who I'd like to see Max next season. Yes. Tiger Woods. No. Ricky Fowler.
maybe. <laughs> Give me a hint. Let me guess. Let me guess. <laughs> Give I didn't me know a you hint. were guessing. I was going to tell you. You just kept making guesses. Um, I would like to see someone like a Cameron Young, right? That dude shows no emotion on the course. I would, I would love to see what he is like off the course. Um, Sterling's acting like he's asleep right now because obviously that's how he feels about it. But Cameron Young would be one. Willie Z would be another one. Um, I think that one would be kind of interesting as well. You couldn't put that putting stroke on Netflix. It'd be rated R. God. Did you you saw that video I sent you? Didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, man! That The thing. double, the double pump to the inside, reroute it back on the outside and hit it off the toe is wild. It's <laughs> that stroke it's, is wild. It's absolutely insane that and you know I was watching that stroke and I was like, oh my god! And then looking up and I'm like, how is he? How is he top ten right now? Like, how does that even make sense? How do you get on the putting green and feel any sort of confidence? Knowing that the only way that ball is going off the like off the face is a full, you know, uh, I don't know, figure eight with, like you said, double pump, and then it's got to come off the toe and somehow find the hole. I just don't know how you do that. And here's the other thing. I don't know how you do that with an anchored putter. I thought Yeah. anchored putters were supposed to take all the movement out of the face. Like it's basically up against your arm so that the face does not move at all. So what Does are you doing with now your what? we look at the stroke, does the face move or is it just the path? It's well, it's the path, yes. Yeah, so you are correct. But what are you doing with your arms? <laughs> it's like it jerks inside, then it's got to come over the top, but instead of catching it back in the middle, it's gotta come off the toe. But I don't know. It's it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. Um, I don't get how you have a putting coach, and that's. Oh, I don't know. Don't get me started. But yeah, I think that would be that would be interesting to see. But I think some of the guys that you you don't really you don't really hear from, or they're the ones that flash at the leaderboard every once in a while, but no one really knows who they are. Right. Those are the ones that I'd like to see a little more insight to. I thought Joel Damon's episode was great. already was kind of a fan of Joel Damon anyways, just, you know, seems like a, a pretty cool person. He's done a lot of, done a lot of stuff with the, the YouTubers, the golf YouTubers out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Obviously his, uh, I know you're not a fan of it, but he and Harry Higgs at the waste management last year. I mean, he's just got a, got a different personality. And then his caddy, Gino Benelli. I mean, if you don't follow his stuff on, on Twitter and Instagram, absolutely hilarious he stays in some absolute roach filled motels there was one that he showed on there i think it was i'm trying to remember if it was a major he was staying somewhere at a major and there was like blood stains on the on the uh on the bathtub but i mean he just that's just the way he is he always looks for kind of the cheapest thing out there so just some really good guys but overall i thought i thought it was good i really did thought the people they incorporated in it, Amanda Valionis, um, Dylan DeChair, Henny, um, Danny Rapp, I think all of them, you know, just just really good, really good people to have on there. I'm glad it wasn't like Eamon Lynch. Um I'm trying to think who else? Martin Hall. Um you know, those guys. Yeah. I'm Yeah, glad they that's weren't good. the ones on it. Good point. Got to get someone that people are going to relate to. Yeah. Um.
So we'll uh, we'll get Mike back on here next week, and we'll we'll go really in depth because that will give everyone you know almost two weeks to to finish it and watch it. Um, going back to the PGA Tour, they are headed to Florida. Yep, the Florida Honda swing. Classic for what another year, year and a half, or two years? I don't know. It won't know. be the Honda Classic much longer. Yeah, but we're gonna get in some picks. Can you do me a favor? Sure. Go ahead and text Mike and just see if he has a pick that we can get real quick from him. And uh, since I won this week, I'll go first. And nice. what? I see Billy Horschel on here. Ooh. Interesting guy. But we're actually going to go Sung JM. I feel like we've picked him a lot already this year. Um, I know Min Woo Lee is in the field, and I kind of want to pick him. Forty seventh in the world. He's climbing. Now he is climbing. Are we gonna? So that he means just, we're gonna see him at the Masters, right? Yes, we'll see him at the Masters. As no, right I'm now. sorry. At Min, we'll see Min Woo Lee at the Masters. Yeah. Cool. I know you'll enjoy that. As of right now. As um. Right now. Yeah. Um. I just don't he he hasn't played well on US soil. Okay. He played well at the Masters last year, you know, set the I think he tied the course record on Sunday for the front nine. I guess it's not the course record then. Um the front nine record on Sunday at the Masters. Um but other than that, he hasn't he hasn't played well on US soil, so I don't I don't know if I can take him just yet. I need to see something from him this week. Hopefully he plays in the entire Florida swing and we can see him. We'll probably see him at the players in if I'm if I'm correct there. Um but yeah, just looking over at the entire field. I, I think I gotta go with Slung JM. Rory's in the field this week. Rory Sabatini. Which is a classic joke. So you are going Sung JM this week. I, I gotta ask, what was the whole misdirection with Billy Horschel? That kind of threw me for a loop. You're like, yeah, well, Billy no. Hor- Billy Horschel's in this in the field this week. So you know, Florida I'm gonna boy. go I'm gonna go Sung JM. Yeah, it's Florida boy. I gotcha. Has put he played well last year. Yep. President's Cup team. Didn't play well at the President's Cup. But yeah, I don't has he played well recently i don't think he has so that's why like i saw him and i was like oh let's take him I'm, I'm i'm off that train now okay i gotcha all right um let's see just want to just wanted to double check something real quick so this field is is tough to pick anyways um as, as everyone should be aware right it's it's tough when it's a lot of people you're not super familiar with the people that you're seeing play like week in and week out obviously a lot of corn fairy tour people are going to be able to to make starts this week because of the field i think i saw um akshay batia in the field um you said grayson murray was in the field yep oh he might have been an alternate he he's an alternate on. i'm sorry okay wesley bryan in the field this week as well um, we have some... as, an, as an alternate can i can i read off the alternates real quick the yeah. alternates are stacked. Really? Okay. Jeff Ogilvy. Okay. Major winner. Kevin Chappell. P 
PGA Tour, you know, player for a number of years. Grayson Murray, great guy on Twitter. Tommy Ganey, little two Ooh, glove action, Tommy well known name. Yeah. Wesley Bryan, well known name, YouTube golfer. Robert Garrigus, heard his name before. Bo Van Pelt, again, a PGA Tour player that has done some some good things. Did he ever play on a Ryder Cup? Was he the one riding the the horse at the Ryder Cup? Yeah, I believe so. Went, was it in Kentucky or was it? Yeah, what I believe so. Is that? Oh, I have no idea. I can't remember. And that one. David Hearn, I believe he's Canadian. He's been on the tour for a while. Ricky Barnes and Sang Sang Moon Bay. Okay, so let me just ask. The question I think everyone's wondering now: what What about that field is stacked? No, no, no. They're all alternates. Well, what the about that? that? The alternate list. What about that? Is would you consider to be stacked? I mean, if this is 2010, and I'm reading off <laughs> those players, you might think I'm reading the, the the top 10 in the world. This is like a 2010, 2015. Oh my god. Okay, I guess I understand what you're saying now. All right. Makes a little more sense. They're just like they're I know them all. Right. Okay. All right. All right. You know what I'm saying? They're just not in the field. They're alternates. Okay. All right. Um gotcha. So I am going to I'm gonna take Shane Lowry this week. Almost won last year. Yep, almost won last year. Uh I think he had a top twenty. Last week, I think top, oh, okay. or I think he was a T14. Last week, I think he finished seven under. So I'm going to take Shane Lowry. Obviously, you know, not too many. I don't want to say current. Ooh, what's the best way to say it? Um, I don't know. We're going to skip over it. Uh, but I'm going to take Shane Lowry this week. I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about his odds. Last year, he had probably one of the most unfortunate um final holes on a sunday uh if you don't remember he was tied for the lead on 18 the player in front of who won last year let's see let me find that real quick mm, past results he was also he was tied for the lead on 18 sep straka group in front of him played the hole made birdie and we all know it's a pretty gettable par five while Sepp Straka is on the green putting, it begins to downpour on the tee. Sepp Straka finishes. Shane Lowry has to tee off and has to play the entire hole and then the pouring rain. Just one of those unfortunate things that happens in the game of golf. Um, yeah. But Shane Lowry ends up making par on a pretty gettable hole and doesn't get into the playoff. There was no playoff, and Sepp Straka wins. So very unfortunate for him. So hopefully we'll see a little bit different results for him this year. Hopefully we can get our first win this year. I don't think I have one yet. Yeah, you're struggling. No, I mean, I, I won a couple of weeks, but I don't actually have like a winner winner. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, so Mike was asking if Keith Mitchell is in the field. He is not in the field this week. You can still have him. Well, yeah, that's true. You can still have him. <laughs> um. Let me text him back. He is off this week. He is off. Casimir right. Keith is off this week. So we might actually have to... Um, well, no, we're fine. With... Watch this. Watch this. We'll be right back with Mike's pick. All right. We're back. 
Mike has locked his pick in this week. A little bit of a surprise. We talked about the field. There's not a ton of people to pick from um, that you'd feel super confident about. Mike went the opposite direction. He's going to go with a Corn Ferry player, getting a start PGA Tour. He's going Pearson Cootie. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the name, Texas Longhorn standout, um, was approached by Liv, turned down the money, ended up winning his very next start on Corn Ferry Tour. Awesome story. I don't know if this is his first tour event. I'd have to assume that it is not, but you really talk about someone potentially taking advantage of of their first or of a start on the PGA Tour. This could be this could be a storyline to watch. Really could. And if Mike calls it, mm, I don't know. Uh, Mike's been uh, on fire this this year as far as his picks. So I might throw some change on on Pearson Cootie. Matt, Pearson Cootie probably to finish in the top twenty five. You're probably gonna you know take home some some good cash there. Mm, man, okay. Mike, you're right. Mike has been right. Just as, just the same way that all of your hot takes have gone the opposite way. Well, I only cut you off there. Mike's takes have gone pretty good. So he either wins or they barely make the cut. Well, that's true too. But um, this is one that's kind of, this is one that's kind of out there. So this will be one. This will be a fun one to watch. Yeah, for sure. So we we will see. But that's it for this week. Make sure you are following us on all the socials. Oh, before mm. I go, Sterling. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, there is it's, a there is a swing thoughts episode two. It's it's out there. It's not out there as in it's on YouTube. We have everything we need. Okay, something is happening with Premiere Pro, and Yikes. I just can't export the file. Wow. Okay. So we're just going to take it from the top as far as the editing process goes. Um, so I don't know when that's going to happen. Sometime this week, probably randomly in the middle. Um, but make sure you check us out on Instagram. We'll post something on our story when that drops on YouTube. Um, all at June One Golf. Madison, happy birthday. The big Thank three you. six. Oh, God, threw it out there, didn't you? I sure did. I had to. I was waiting for you to do it. You didn't. No. Uh, thank you, Danielle. I know you're listening uh, for the round at Will Newcamp. Congratulations, Noah Wheeler, for beating me yesterday in a match. Anything else? I just gotta just wrap it up. All right. We're going to leave this all in. You can hear the music starting to come in from the background. We will see you all next week.